I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. This week, I'm really excited. We have Sean Keys back to talk about gut health. Sean was able to figure out his own formula for nutrition and gut health, and I wanted him to share it with us today. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Hi, how are you? Good. Welcome back. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks very much for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. So can you just tell our listeners, you know, what was, what made you look up gut health and what was your journey like through that? Um, what made me look up gut health? So when I was finished DBT in 2013 and I came out of therapy, um, I still had anxiety and I kind of wasn't happy with that in a sense that I still was anxious. Right. So I started looking up food. You know, back then my diet was very poor. Um, fast food at the weekends, the typical type of diet. Um, so I started looking up food. And one of the actual earliest websites I looked up, I was going, I wonder, is there a mood with your food? And it was going, <laughs> you know, this is what, 2013, so type in anything into the internet. And as it turns out, there is websites, Food for Moods or something like that, I think it was called. So I started looking up food and I started wondering, would food alter my mood? And as it turns out, it did. And... A certain food would make me hyper, like salted popcorn. Okay. And yeah, I'm, um, so certain foods would, would would literally alter my mood. Now, I'm nerdy in a sense that I love research and I love to engross myself into things. And I think it's fascinating. And my sisters would listen for hours about me talking about cabbage. so i'm blessed with the two of them that they actually listen i don't know if they enjoy it but they never said they don't so um so i started looking up food in a sense of going i wonder if i eat this food and what will it do with that as it turns out red meat makes me very aggressive right okay no i'm not anti eating meat i don't care it doesn't bother me um but, I, but what I did was I actually started to look at foods and look at food in a big way for my mental health. And I looked up the gut. And I never realized, like, what's going on down there. You hear gut flora and gut health and your microbiome and all this sort of stuff. And it's it's kind of seeping through nowadays a little bit more. And right. in 10 years, it's going to be big business. <laughs> As it all is, is you know, yeah, you're good. Just join us for four thousand dollars, you know. Um, it's just the way the world works. Um, but anyway, I started looking up gut health and I said, I wonder if I get my gut health right, will my moods improve? And the Lord lambs the Jesus, as we say in Ireland, it was unreal, it was like day and night. Wow, and what I did was I looked up, um. I looked up, I, I simply looked us up as a species. As I said to you before in the podcast, like I, 
I wasn't into the psychiatry part of it because in 150 years, they still haven't figured those out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Not an exact science. No, you'd imagine there would have some sort of ground game. But look, and, and, and there was no way was I going down that road because I spray cars. You don't hop into the ring with somebody who's professionally trained, researching all this sort of stuff. So I looked up us as a species. And I thought to myself, listen, there has to be a simple way around this. There's no way are we a brand new human being. There's no way. It might be a brand new mental illness, but there's no way are we brand new. We had to have been out before. And I started looking up us, just us as a species. I simply looked at a human being as a species. And the long, long story short is this. We had simple food from the earth. That's what we get. Simple food from the earth. It had one name, carrot, broccoli, cabbage, leek, Brussels sprout. That's two names. That's them people. (laughs) (laughs) But when I looked up all this, I started looking and going, realistically, as an evolutionary thing, we evolved eating nuts, seeds, fruit and vegetables. And I bang on about this. All the time, because people, I'd say, look at me and go, oh, there's the nuts, seeds, fruit, vegetable guy. But I do because it's simple. And what I looked up was this. When we were evolving as a species 200,000 years ago, up to 1940s, 1950s, so you could practically say 200,000 years, we ate nuts, seeds, fruit, vegetables, and meat. That's what we ate. The meat, you know, look, Ireland is different. Ireland is different. So, you know, you have different countries. You have different. In Ireland, the cows eat grass. That's their food. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we ate them foods. So there was no processed foods going back 60, 70 years ago. And mine, when you go back 60 or 70 years, all of human beings, they ate stews. You know, they put all the food into a pot, they let it stew, and they ate that food. And that has been proven to go back a minimum of 10,000 years. So let's just say 10,000 years. It had to have been since the invention of fire, but they can only find, uh, say, pottery of 10,000 years ago. So for 10,000 years, we were basically getting food, going out, gathering it, or else farming it, 10,000 years as well, bringing it back in, putting it in a pot, boiling it and eating it. Simple. Mm-hmm. Absolutely simple. So our digestive gut flora, our bacteria in our gut were used to that. That's what they were used to. Right. And my argument with life is this. <laughs> if you get anybody, ice break hairs. I'll give you an example. This, you know, I spray cars. So I can walk into my job in the morning, I pick up my spray gun, and I'll spray a car. And there you go. Now, if you ask me tomorrow to go and change the timing belt on a car, which is still a car, right. I, I wouldn't I be able to do that. And I'm even scratching my head thinking about how would you do it? <laughs> You'd have because to I, first, right? Yeah, because I don't know. So if you're going to do something all your life, like spray a car, that becomes your habit. That becomes what you're used to. 
Mm-hmm. And for two, for 10,000 years, we've been eating stew and real food. And then all of a sudden, processed food comes on the market. And it's fantastic. Of course it is. It's full of fat. You know, it's full of the one thing that human beings, you know, it's full of exactly what, it's a science. I don't, I right. don't look at it. It's a science. It is, it is. Science. and MSG and all kinds of chemicals that make it hyper palatable, right? It's not just fat. Of course. In of America, course. it's, you know, laden with, I think MSG is one of the biggest. MSG, for those of you that don't know, is monosodium glutamate. It's that um, they put it or sprinkle it on food to make it taste super good. That's why some food mm. is just like, you know, bizarrely amazing in taste. And may, yeah, it hits, it hits that pleasure point of the brain that you're wondering, how does this food just not, how come it's not invented years ago? Yeah, yeah, it's a science. It's a science. Right. Like, to be honest with you, they're not one bit interested in health. They're interested in money, which uh, yeah, it's a big rub for me. But they spend millions on researching to make sure that they hit the pleasure center part of the brain. Right. They know the human being craved fat because if you were fat, especially this time of year in the Northern Hemisphere, if you gain a bit of weight by eating the fruits off the trees, that fat might get you through the winter. So that's why we crave fat. It's to get you through a winter, just in case we don't have it. We crave carbs to get you through the energy of today and mm-hmm. the salt to make sure your body regulates. So with all these things in place, I was looking us up as a species going, well, what is the simplest way we are as a species? And as it turns out, it's this. In my research and looking up books, we ate basic foods, nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, small amounts of meat. That's what we mm-hmm. ate. We put it in a pot, we boiled it, and then we ate it. One thing I have looked into as well that I love is the fact then that stews taste better the next day, right? Mm-hmm. I love bacteria. Bacteria to me now is the, <laughs> it's just like my little pet. It's like, I get you. It's like I understand you now. So basically, you do a stew and then you leave it overnight, and then the next day it tastes so much better. It does because there's one more ingredient in there, which is yeast. There's a natural yeast in the air to make sure things go off. That's how the planet looks after itself. It makes sure, listen, you need to go off now. You can't be sitting around here forever. So (laughs) the yeast will go into the stew. And the next day, then you boil up that stew again. And you kill that yeast. And that's even better because now the bacteria in your stomach are getting a nice dead yeast. And it tastes better. So there's a, there's a simple process with food. It's, in my opinion, this. You eat real food and then you consume bacteria with that because that's what we did. We, when we were going out, um, going back 100 years ago, you know, when we were going out, even the farmers 100 years ago, they would have eaten the carrot as they were picking it. They would have eaten one carrot. Right. They would have brushed it off. And you see, there's bacteria in the soil. And they would have been consuming the bacteria. And as a species, we're now the only species on the planet to not touch the earth. Right? Right, yeah. Think about that, right? I'm not into metaphysics. I'm not into religion. I'm into science. Having um, beliefs 
got me in trouble in 2009 and having emotions got me in trouble. So I kind of <laughs> want to go, all right, you can't be at that anymore. So I like science. I like something that I can talk about that I can back it up. Right. So if you look at the earth as an organism, the earth as an organism, according to science, has 50% of its mass bacteria. So it's a living organism, literally alike. And all bacteria vibrate. That's what they do. They don't have vocal cords, so they vibrate. And they communicate to each other. Bacteria only do a few things. They'll breed, they'll feed, they'll mate, or they'll move away. Right. That's all they do. They're just basic. That's all they do. So the good bacteria then in your stomach there's about a thousand of them down there. So if you can imagine, I do try and, you know, like a pipe. It's like a, your stomach, my stomach, everyone's stomach, it's like a conveyor belt, right? And mm-hmm. the reason then people should eat a varied diet, I would love if the people that were promoting these things would just kind of finish it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> eat yeah. your vegetables. Well, tell me why and I will, you know? So I wanted mm-hmm. to know why of this. So it's as basic as this. If you can imagine a long, long pipe, and that's your gut, and along that is all the bacteria, and there's a tiny, thin mucus wall between your gut and your blood that will transport the nutrients around your body, okay? Right. But they're all kind of sitting there in this pipe. They all have their own place. They don't really move around because that bacteria might not like that bacteria. America and Russia. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just just <laughs> so they all sit in their own place they don't move so basically what happens is this as the food is going down you get one bacteria we'll say and they will eat the fiber because that's what bacteria eat fiber they can only eat the fiber of the food but they might eat broccoli but the one beside it might not eat broccoli so now you have one species not being fed But that one beside that bacteria might eat peanuts, the fiber of peanuts. And what you're basically trying to do from what I figured out is this. You're trying to make sure the thousand species inside of you get fed every day. And when you feed them, when you actually feed them the fiber that they require, they in turn will give you the nutritional value of the food and they do this weird thing called happiness. <laughs> it's unreal. It's like... Right. So, you're, <laughs> so you're talking about the gut-brain connection. Basically, you're saying right. that you, you figured out that certain foods like salted popcorn and red meat, those things you were sensitive to, and they cause this altered mood statement, whether it be be hyper with the popcorn or aggressive with the yeah. red meat. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, Sean, because you and I came to the same conclusion. Simple food from the earth is the key. So I went the paleo, paleo route, right, which is yeah. something I talk about in a previous ex- episode, which is kind of similar, but it sounds like you went a little bit more in depth and you're really looking at that that brain gut connection and that microbiome right so 100 percent. 
how I guess before you go on to continue mm. to talk about that, can you let us know how did you figure out what foods you were sensitive to? Did you have like a diary? Did you track it? So the beauty of me is I have a little thing called borderline personality disorder. <laughs> oh, do you? You your re- recovery. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what it is is this: I'm hypersensitive. Right. So, I mean, I can eat food and an hour later or two hours later, I feel it. Right. That's the, like, uh, one of my big arguments with BPD is use it. It's there. Right. Use right. it to your advantage. So, and a huge advantage when I was doing this was eat a food, see how you feel two hours later. Simple as. I mean, mm-hmm. because I'm hypersensitive, I will actually feel it. Um, so, I used exactly what I was given, if you want to call it. BPD given to you, but yeah, well, it's the temperament, right? Yeah, I yeah, agree with you. we're all we're all hypersensitive. Yeah, so I basically what I did was this: I was looking up foods in a sense of, you know, what food feeds the most amount. Like, you know, grass is the is the food for cows, so nature has that one fairly perfect. But human beings have like something like three hundred thousand plants on the planet, all different species. So then I started looking, going, right, well, what are the actual top plants for human beings? Turns out broccoli is one of them. Broccoli feeds something like over 600 species. So you're getting 600 species out of the thousand fed with broccoli. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cauliflower, um, they're both in the one family, is another one. So what I started looking was I wanted to get them fed as quickly as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Because I like things easy. I don't like prepping for four days and eating in five minutes. I like to know the food I've just put in there now, that's feeding every one of them. And that's it. That's what I love to know. I love to know is that food. So what I did was I looked up all the top foods on the planet that feed your gut, your bacteria in your gut. Inulin, a fiber from the chicory root. Absolute fantastic. And I mean, I have it every morning in a coffee. And it just, it's a prebiotic, which means it feeds the bacteria. They love it. You know, so they go, when I give myself inulin in the morning in my coffee, can't taste it, it's powder, but that promotes my healthy bacteria to actually breed and uh, multiply for my meal coming along next. So it's really, for me, it's a really simple system. Right. But, but, what I did was I looked up the foods that basically feed the gut. And as it turns out, the foods that feed the gut is a varied diet. It's a varied diet of um, plants. Like, meat doesn't really feed your gut. There is a bacteria down there that will help digest the meat as such after the stomach has digested. But the majority of them eat fiber. That's their, the main thing they eat is the fiber of the of the foods and mm-hmm. the only foods on the planet that have fiber are vegetables nuts fruits and seeds they're the only they are the only thing with fiber so that's what i did i kind of looked at it in that sense as to what do we need and i mean my diet now would be 99 percent vegetarian and i hate to be labeled as a vegetarian so i'll have a burger or two <laughs> Once a year, 
just not to be because it's not about being a vegetarian to me. It's a, the main goal of my life is this. I want to figure out how to make BPD gone, that it's not even a problem. Now, BPD to me is not a problem. Um, I was chatting to you maybe six months ago and six months later, it's still not a problem. Um, I have eradicated the BPD from my life. I'd love to get more people eradicated in the sense of that their illness is just something that they can talk about, like the scene of film two months ago, you know? Yeah. Um, 100%. Absolutely, right? But what you're talking about, though, is not... So just to make the distinction, because I do this a lot in the podcast, right? You don't have BPD. Borderline personality disorder is something that develops from having a hypersensitive or a hyperbolic temperament Mm. and then you become dysfunctional or disordered so you're not talking really about bpd you're saying that you and your and you are hypersensitive you are hyperbolic so in order to be able to live like that in a world of people who aren't that way you needed to figure out all of the things that you needed to do to maintain control so that it doesn't turn disordered again because you know once you're recovered you know you still have this hypersensitive way of being so basically you discovered that these foods aggravated these altered mood states so if you stopped eating those and you started eating things that were simple that fed your gut bacteria in a healthy way that you could decrease your anxiety and decrease and increase your happy feelings let's say right without psychiatry yeah yeah um a hundred percent and i mean i'll i'll state the point uh my diet my diet now would be a cup of coffee in the morning followed by a smoothie with 10 different you know fruits nuts seeds in it um and then I would have, I'm big into soup lately because of the COVID. I'm trying mm-hmm. to make sure I get as many fibers in there as possible because, um, you know, you have to kind of multiply them all in that tube. <laughs> it's hard to move <laughs> around and it's hard to move around in a crammed tube. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to get as many fibers as I can in. But the thing about it is this. If I go off that diet right, which I do, Christmas time, you know, if I move away from that diet and I have, this is another thing I've monitored within myself, I have three weeks. So I have three weeks of having fun. (laughs) Yeah, I have three weeks of eating fast food and (laughs) crap. And I do. I'm not going to lie about it. I do. I mean, I didn't want to have a lifestyle of, I can't do this, I can't do that. Like, I heard your podcast um, about exercise, right? And I was listening to it and I was laughing away going, I can't wait to chat to Rose because I do the minimum amount of exercise. However, (laughs) I do the maximum amount of food. So you can't have it everywhere, right? So, you know, when people are, I was listening to that going, yeah, I'm not really big into the exercise and like, hey, now do I exercise? I cycle to and from work, which is about five mile a day. And I walk in steps about 12, uh, 10 mile, 
So uh, I'm getting in. I'm getting in the exercise. So I, I will say active, that. that yeah, that's active. active. Yeah, that's fairly active. So, but I'm not physically going into the gym. Um, right. I'm not physically doing. It. However, and that's one thing when I was listening to the podcast is this: I maximize my food. So you can't have it everywhere. If I was, if I was, I put it this way, and I know this as well because I've done this as well to myself, right? Mm-hmm. I can increase my exercise and eat a little bit more crap. <laughs> and I've done that yeah. with myself, right? Where you can actually have a tolerance where you can increase your exercise and that gives you a tolerance for a little bit more um, processed food. Right. Uh, you know, so look, you have to put the work in is basically it. You have to do one of them. Um. But no, I, I, if I go off that diet, if I decided in the morning, I'm done, I'm going to eat like I ate in 2010, um, I'd have to go back to therapy. It's just that yeah. simple. And yeah. that's just not messing. Um, I haven't been in therapy since 2013. And I'm even thinking about it now and I'm getting an anxious feeling, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't normally get anymore. Um, yeah. If I give up that food, I have to think about this. If I give up that food, if I give up the food in the morning and my routine, I go to bed early every night, I get up early every morning, um, I would be in therapy within three months. You know, Sean, this is where it's fat. This is where I'm, I become fascinated, right? Because you and I were different genders, different part of the world, different stories, right? But we're saying, so you found this journey through food differently than I did. And you mm. take it another step further, which I love, but I will tell you, I have to stop and say that we just moved, right? So we moved in the United States from like East coast to the Midwest. And, you know, I did an episode on that. And during that time, I wasn't able to get like, we're not eating paleo during that time. It's not happening mm. because we didn't have power, right? So I had to go back to eating like, you know, the everyday stuff that people eat in America. Like I had Subway a bunch of times, whatever. And it was about three weeks. It's about three weeks for me too that I can do that. And I have immediately, I had a really difficult time. Like I had a moment, right? Not a full blown like episode, but I had a moment where I had like a crazy storyline in my head and my mood was all over the place and that was when I was like okay like we're settled in now I need to go back to eating simple foods no more eating out no more restaurants because my gut bacteria my body is all dysregulated so I have that too where like in order to stay clear on the path out of therapy offices out of psychiatry out of like the line of crazy quote-unquote I have to eat this way so same, you know, similar journey. And I think people mm. need to figure out what works for them. So what works for you wouldn't necessarily work for me because I can't eat broccoli and cauliflower, right? So there I you go. Them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah. it worked for you. Go ahead. It worked for me. And that's exactly it. Like, what I do is, I mean, I... Uh, when I was when I was talking to the psychiatrist, I found this comical when I was chatting to the psychiatrist and I was saying, um, yeah, so, you know, basically I eat really well and I eat a very clean diet. So I give up all these other processed foods and I go to bed early and I get up around half five, six in the morning and uh, I give up drinking and I give up smoking. And, and he says, it does like it, it sounds like a lot. 
<laughs> so going, but if he's, <laughs> yeah. but I have peace of mind. I mean, yeah. you know, and like to me, it's not a lot now. And sometimes I forget when I'm talking to people that it, it was a journey. I mean, I'm talking to you today, and I have peace of mind. I couldn't brush my teeth at one stage. Um, So it is a journey. And I would say to people, yeah, what works for me works for me. And I'm the type of person I'll eat the food, regardless of taste. I'm like, get it into you. It's good for you. (laughs) That's as simple as I look at it. The way I look at it is I have have a simple way of looking at food. It's five minutes of pain for five hours of pleasure. Or it's five Mm -hmm. minutes of pleasure for five hours of pain. It's my choice, and I make it at times for the five minutes of pleasure when you want the quick bar of chocolate, and you get the five hours of nightmare, <laughs> and you're not right. listening. I don't listen to myself. You know, once, as you said, the, the thoughts come in, and it's like, I hate life, and this is shit, and I'm like, I'm not listening to you. You wanted the bar of chocolate, you got the bar of chocolate, don't be annoying me. You got what you wanted, <laughs> right? That's right. But, that's and you do, yeah, and that's another thing about me as well, I won't say everyone that has um, borderline personality, is you have to accept it. Look, you know you know when you're eating a pizza, you're not going to be able to cope with the children. <laughs> <laughs> you just know it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm, very, I'm very exact if I eat sweets. I'm very exact. And if I eat pizza and stuff like that, I, 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 now when I say eat, I mean a good binge. Like, you know, um, right. it's, it's, it's a Saturday night when I can have a rest on a Sunday. So it's, it's a very scheduled time as well. But definitely for me, food. And the one thing I've introduced as well that I found was adding in probiotics into my diet. Yep. Um, we, another thing is as a species, we, we, we stopped consuming probiotic foods in the 1940s, when a fellow from America built the fridge. And we went from, before the fridge was invented, we used to get our vegetables and pickle them. And we'd leave them in jars over the winter, but not realizing what was happening was they were actually creating their own good bacteria. And And we were consuming these. We didn't know this was happening. This was just a natural process, again, that we were doing thousands of years to keep food over the winter so again as a species we would have been consuming probiotic food and then we stopped and that's really not good enough it's you can't just alter a species that quickly it's it doesn't have time to evolve i mean uh, we haven't evolved in two hundred thousand years not much is going to happen over 70 years except for damage which if you you look closely enough, we've caused a lot of damage with food. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing I looked at. Like in Ireland, we had the cows. In America, you would have had the cow's milk. You would have just drank the cow's milk, full of bacteria, and that bacteria would have um, helped digest the food you ate that day. Right. And that's what bacteria does. When I started um, consuming probiotic foods like uh, kombucha, kimchi, They help digest the food. They're not a health product, even though they do promote health. Basically, what they do is they help digest the food. 
and they help um, break down the food, like your bacteria. If you looked up bacteria, what it does, they're just like the government. I do look at them. They're like the government, and they just make sure everything is running right in your body. Yeah. You know, they will turn in some foods into short-chain fatty acids. They'll, the bacteria create 90%, 90% of selenium, wow. your happy hormone. <laughs> like, yeah. that's why I say you're happy. Like, when I, eat the, when I eat the foods, I go, eh, two hours later, I'll be happy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> because you've no choice. It's like you put in the food, they process it, and that's, you're done. Um, because that's the way it is. It's a process. They make my idea on bacteria is this: you put in a food, they'll process that food, and they will give you a thumbs up, happiness, or they'll give you anxiety, depending on how much you put in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When when I put in probiotic food, my anxiety literally left. That's my personal experience of anxiety. When I started consuming probiotic foods and realized that's what we did. We ate, excuse me, my grandparents would have drank cow's milk. They put mm-hmm. in but they put in bacteria, they ate vegetables, small amounts of meat, and they got on with their lives. You know, and it was simple. And now it's all processed. And now we don't cope as well. And I said this before in the podcast, and I find this fascinating with people because I wanted to get better. I just wanted rid of this illness because it is a nightmare. And I would do anything. You know, if there's not much I wouldn't do to get rid of this illness because it, 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 it practically nearly ended my life. And you, when you say to people, look, you know, I think this might work. Um, they go, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, well, like uh, why? It's only like, let's just change it. I like, I, I, I <laughs> held. Too a, much. Yeah, there was a, there was a woman there in America only recently, and um, contacted her. She contacted me, you know, and I said, "Yeah, look, all you do is just all I did was this. I just tried to make sure I consume twenty different nuts, seeds, fruit, and vegetables every day." in their portion size, like, uh, you know, a tablespoon of chia seeds is a portion size and a cup of broccoli is a portion size. So I only look at it and go, I have to get 20 into me every day. And once you get the 20 in, the reason, again, everything is numbers to me, the reason I went for 20 is 15 Mm -hmm. just wasn't cutting it for me, but 20, once I get the 20 in, I'm done. When I get them 20 fibers into me or 20 different nut seeds, fruit and veg every day, I'm done. I'm an absolute powerhouse. And there's, and the beauty of it is this, is you just put it into you and there's nothing left to do. They'll do the rest. Like the genius of bacteria is this. They vibrate constantly. That's why people will vibrate with each other. The vibration of their bacteria vibrates with theirs. And they say, this is safe. If you see a tiger and turn around and see a tiger, the vibration would say it's not safe. If you've seen a panda bear, it would say it's safe, even though they're a similar size animal. It's a vibration of bacteria communicating with its environment. Like Good the way ba- to put it. Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, I, I was listening to um, someone today was, was saying, oh, God, I can't cope. And I was like, well, 
I was thinking, going, well, you know, you have the frontal part of your brain, the back part of your brain, the primal part, and then you have your gut brain. You have three brains kind of giving their opinion <laughs> at any given time, and you have to get, <laughs> That's right. you kind of have to get them all agreeing with each other, or nothing is happening. But the genius of bacteria. Why I love bacteria is this. They are the only species on the planet so far to survive everything. They've been here since day one. What science thinks is we actually are basically an evolution of bacteria. Like, there's, I think, 100 trillion bacteria. If you were to get a human being and line them out cell by cell, what science is saying is 99% of the cells is, is bacteria and 1% is mammal. And when I heard that before, I went, I should be looking after the 99%, not the 1%. Yeah. And when I started to look after my gut health and my bacteria, my whole life improved. And it's not like airy-fairy. It's science. It's actual science. There's 100%. Here's the thing about bacteria that I love. When a child latches on to its mother's breast, when it's breastfeeding, and most people know this bit, everyone knows your health is in your mouth. You can detect health of a human being by their mouth. When the child latches onto the mother's breast, the bacteria on the mother's breast vibrates to the bacteria in the gut and it'll indicate what that child is lacking and it'll make the mother produce whatever it's lacking. That's science. Fascinating. That's, there you Fascinating. go. That's like, yeah. now that's not me just making up a story. You can, you can look all this up. It is amazing. And how it's happening mm -hmm. is the bacteria are vibrating. If a child is sick, the, the, um, the bacteria in the child's mouth will vibrate to the bacteria on the breast. The bacteria on the breast vibrates with the bacteria in the stomach. And the stomach uh, of the woman will actually generate more antibodies for the child through the milk. Yeah. So that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with an organism that is fascinating in my eyes and so no and then and then you know in terms of like psychiatry and processed foods right all this all the things that you're talking about you're right you're not making it up it is something that has been studied for years and years and years then you go in into the mental health world especially in you know the united states and it's like well they'll give you this medication and that completely you know, botches up what's going on in your gut, right? Like a lot of the times yeah. I can tell you now, uh, because they, there is talk of this gut brain, you know, connection here too. And they'll say, okay, well, if you're taking an antibiotic, like amoxicillin, then you should take a probiotic with that. But that message for whatever reason, hasn't connected to psychiatry. So yeah, think about you know, how the medications are affecting people's Absolutely. Guts, right? The medication and the bacteria <laughs> try to, again, I'm not anti-medication, but what I am is, you know, try something first. I mean, yeah. the last three antibiotics I've got from my doctor, I'm very much into health in yeah. a sense of I mind my health, I get my blood checked twice a year. Um, but the last three antibiotics I got... I, I didn't take them. And I got the prescription, you know, um, chest infections. And okay. uh, I just didn't take them. I was like, well, they're there if I need them. 
And then I just mm-hmm. I just looked up foods again, simple as. I mean, we're blessed. We don't have the we don't we don't have the Britannica encyclopedia at home. We we have the whole world on our phone. And I look mm-hmm. up food, and I just go right. I'm not going. I'm not going napalm and ye. <laughs> I put so much effort in down there. I put so much work into ye. I'm not just going to blast ye out of it just because I'm a bit sick. So I'm gonna I'm gonna trust the process a bit, and I would I would eat a super clean diet, absolutely. So in other words, there was no effort on their behalf to try and work. You see, here's the thing about bacteria, right? And human beings do these things all the time, but don't know why they're doing it, right? And this is the stuff that I will either end up in a mental home later on in life, going, "You don't <laughs> understand," or people go, "Yeah, he's onto something." People eat soup when they're sick because soup is already broken down. So the bacteria don't have to break it down because they know they have a job to do. They know that to fight the virus or whatever else is inside of you. So they don't want any extra work. So give them a break, right? And that's why people go drink soup or eat soup, whatever way you want to call it, when you're sick. Right. Because you've you've helped them along. That's what you're doing. You're helping them along mm-hmm. so that they don't have to do any more work. And that's, in my opinion, why people go for soup. Because it's already broken down. This is why I'm, as I said, I'm going for the soup all through the winter to make sure <laughs> COVID doesn't knock on my door. Um, but that's it. It's, it's a simple thing with them. Is All you have to do is feed them. I always say this. Feed the little feckers. And get on with your day. <laughs> Just get on with your day. Yeah. Good, great advice. You know, I think first, the you know, if you're out there listening, you first have to accept the fact that even though you can experience recovery like Sean and I, meaning you can take out the word disordered from borderline personality, or I would even throw the whole term away. Sean, I think you should stop referring to yourself as someone who has a borderline personality. You're a hypersensitive guy and you're managing your hypersensitivity and your hyperbolic temperament through, you know, this, this holistic way. Right. So if that's it, then you just, you have to accept that first, like Sean did, like I did accept the fact that you are hypersensitive inside and out and you can, you know, just start eating paleo, give up gluten, wheat, dairy, the way that I did. Or I love Sean's point of view because it's completely different. He started tracking what foods altered his mood. And then he started researching why that happened. And then he's like, okay, simple food from the earth. And he does now nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, fermented uh, foods, little meat, prebiotics and probiotics. That helps him. And he also has done it for so long that he, like I, recognize that only three weeks can pass where he's not doing that. So it's not black or white, black and white. He doesn't go into it extreme. And that's like the only thing that he ever does. Always never has a cookie. That's what it is, is going to work for you. And any like sort of combination of the things he and I are talking about, they're going to help you because we are hypersensitive beings, right? So Sean, just last um, bit of information. If somebody's starting out and they want to do this method that you've tried, what's the first thing that you suggest that they do? It's pretty simple. The first thing I suggest people do is this. The day you're going to start it, 
just look at what you ate yesterday. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you're starting on a Monday. And on the Sunday, you had potatoes, carrots, broccoli, mm-hmm. and an apple, right? Let's just say, right? To me, that's four. I like to keep things unreal simple because of my mindset. So that's basically four. You had four fibers. I call them fibers. I don't even call food fruit, nuts, seeds, and vegetables anymore. I just call them fibers because it's simple for me, right? So basically, if you had four portions of whatever, fruit, nuts, seeds, or vegetables on a Sunday, on the Monday, eat seven. On the Tuesday, have 10. Wednesday, 13. Thursday, 16. And Friday, 20. Do not, (laughs) do not, because I've done this. When you figure out that 20 fibers is fantastic for you, do not eat 20 fibers straight away or you (laughs) will be on the toilet. Because you have to build up the bacteria in your gut. You can't come in with a truckload of fiber when they're not used to it. So you build it up. Now, after five days, you just add three every day. You'll be eating 20 fibers every day. And it's that simple. And 100%, I have cookies. I want to live my life as I want it. I love sweets. When I have a cookie, right, this is a cheat I figured out. If I want sweets, I add three more fibers. It's really that simple for me. I don't really tell people this when I'm telling them, but because you kind of want them to figure out the happiness bit first. Um, but yeah, you, you, you just simply add three more portion sizes. You know, you can't throw in two peas and expect to get the benefits. You need a cup of peas, a, a spoonful of chia seeds. But definitely, that's what I say is, is um, and drink plenty of water. You can't increase your fiber intake and not increase your water intake. You need the so water. So, do you want? You, are you saying that it. people should, you know, start increasing the amount of fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds that they're eating over this period of five days, and increase their water, and then not eliminate other foods? Like, what about people who like to eat, you know, Mickey D's <sighs> for lunch or like pizza for dinner kind of thing? Well, no. I what I say is this. If you want to really, really get the benefits, and I mean, this is 100%. Every person I've done this to, 100% feels brilliant. Because the only reason they feel brilliant is they, when you realize you don't feel anything, it's a, it's a system. They're just letting you know what you did. It's a system. Your happiness isn't because of anything. I think, as I said, 90% of your happiness is from your bacteria. So the other 10% is your your oxytocin from hugging people or whatnot. But the 90% is basically them saying, listen, whatever you put in today, I'm happy with. Keep that up. The, the, that's it. It's, there's two ways I'll say this. One is if you really want to feel fantastic after a week, okay. just eat nuts, seeds, fruit, and veg. If you're not giving up your pizza. Mickey D's or, yep. or whatever that name is, you call it pizza. If you're not giving it up, right, this is brilliant as well because I've come across this. You yep. still need to consume 20 fibers. The beauty of consuming 20 fibers is this. 
you probably won't go you'll for be the too pizza stuffed anyway. off all those fibers. You could <laughs> True. exactly yes. You see, there's a reason I put twenty in there. You can have as much pizza as Perfect. you want after the twenty. I love that. Uh, Great advice. Yeah. Well, I that's amazing. I really do love that. This, that's what I do tell people who are coming to me for nutrition is like, don't eliminate things. If that's something you can't wrap your mind around, add and make a deal with yourself. I'll eat these 20 fruits and, you know, vegetables and I'll do that. And if I'm still hungry, then I'll go and have this other kind of food. That way you're kind of giving yourself a little buy-in. Yep. But the bottom line is that nutrition, gut health, movement, activity, these things are really key to maintaining recovery. Really important. So thank you so much, Sean, for breaking it down the way you did. I love it. Simple food from the earth. I appreciate you coming back on the podcast. Are you currently struggling to stay afloat? Are you looking for more one-on-one support and guidance on your recovery journey? Check out thriveonlinecounseling.com. We offer a mindset coaching that will propel your recovery journey forward. We help frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Have phone, video, or text sessions wherever you are. The best part? You can schedule right from our website. Choose the day and time that works best for you. Life can be better. We can help. Make an investment in yourself. You are worth it. Okay, thanks for listening. That was from Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from the last episodes, and I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. We'll have all those links in the show description. Okay, we made it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rose Skeeters, and I'll be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Talk to you then.